aren't you glad it's 2021? I think most of us are really excited to have 2020 in our rearview mirror. And I know that we all in the new year want to make big changes. We want to see big results from our big goals. And that's great and fine. It's just that we usually fail to realize the power of the small. For you see, we're always taught to think big, and I think that's great. I love to think big because I believe God wants us to think bigger. I think God wants us to have a bigger vision for our lives. God has a greater vision, a bigger vision for our lives, so it's really good to think big, but it's even more important to think small because it's the small daily habits that lead to big results. And that's why we're starting this new series that I'm calling Habits. It's all about how the small changes that you make on a daily basis consistently bring about the biggest results in our lives. And it's based on Zechariah 4.10, where God says this, who dares despise the day of small things? For you see here, the people of Israel had come out of captivity and many of them were back in Jerusalem and they wanted to put the past behind them. They were excited about the new and what was coming up and they had this huge rebuilding restoration project ahead of them to rebuild the temple. And so they were expecting big instant results, big change. They had big goals. And then they felt totally overwhelmed when they looked at all the rubble around them. Totally discouraged, totally overwhelmed. And God says, don't you dare despise the day of small things. Because it's these small things, if you do them each and every day, that's going to bring about huge results. I want you to see first that big results are just a lagging measure of small habits done over time. Your weight is just a lagging measure of your eating and exercising habits. Your finances are just a lagging measure mostly of your financial habits. Your clutter is just a lagging measure of your cleaning and organizational habits. And your character growth, your fulfillment in life is a lagging measure of your spiritual habits. And it's just so easy for us to look for that big defining moment always looking for the big thing that's gonna change everything that we miss the small things done on a daily basis. Whether it's losing weight or building a business or growing in our faith or building a strong marriage, we're always looking for that big change that everyone's gonna see on the outside, but in reality, it's the unseen small daily habits that build up and build up into a huge change that is eventually seen by everyone. Author James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, which I highly recommend, says the difference a tiny improvement can make over time is astounding. If you can get 1% better at something each day for a year, at the end of the year, you'll be 37 times better at that thing. And the same is true if you get 1% worse in the same thing each day for a year. You decline all the way down to nearly zero. You see, it's the small, daily habits done consistently that will create huge change in your life in 2021. Don't you dare despise the small things as we start out this new year. Don't look for the big change. 
without first seeing the power in the small things. Big results are just a lagging measure of small habits, and I want you to see, too, that big results come from a buildup of small habits. It's kind of like the bamboo plant. Um, For the first five years after you plant bamboo, you don't see anything. It's almost not even visible because it's building this extensive root system underground for the first five years. And then suddenly it springs up to 90 feet within six weeks after five years. And that's kind of the way small habits work. They build up and for the first little bit you can't even tell a difference. You can't see that it's making any difference. It's just a real small change. It's almost not even noticeable, and then boom, exponential growth. It explodes with growth. That's the way it is. These small habits build up like a small rain cloud that builds into a giant thunderstorm, and then it breaks loose. You see, until you get to a certain threshold, you can't really see the difference that it's making. So you start looking for the big thing that's gonna make the big difference that everyone can see on the outside. Let me explain it this way, with this graph here. We all know that we want results and we realize it's gonna take time, it's not gonna be instant. And so yes, small habits, we see how powerful they can be and so what we think is that it's gonna go like this arrow, that we're gonna do these small habits that are really important, whether it's eating right or exercising or, or spending time with God each day, whatever it may be. But we're gonna do that and it's gonna be slow improvement. It's not gonna happen instantly, but it's gonna be consistent improvement over time and we think it's gonna work that way. That's what we're expecting, but that's not the way it works. This arrow is the way it really works. Because for the first few days when you start a new habit, for the first few weeks, sometimes for the first few months, You hardly notice any difference. And it seems like nothing is happening, but if you'll stick with it and stick with it, there comes this explosion point where, boom, it takes off exponentially. And this is when everyone sees it and they say, wow, you know, what happened to you? You instantly changed. How did you lose 50 pounds in a week? I didn't notice, you know. It's like, that's, it happens like that. But here's the problem. This little area here is what I call the valley of drought. It's the give up gap. Because when you're doing these small things and you're not seeing much difference in your life, you're not seeing the results for a few days or weeks or even months, this is where most people give up because they don't see the results. In the valley of drought, This is where most people drop out. It's in the valley of drought. And so what I wanna focus on as we introduce the series today is how do you go from drought to downpour? How do you hang in there until like the bamboo plant, you explode with growth? How do you keep doing these small things through the valley of drought so you can get to downpour? And we're gonna look at Elijah in scripture, who went through the valley of drought for three and a half years before he experienced downpour. He went from drought to downpour because he didn't despise the day of small things. He realized how important it was and he continued every day 
to do the little things that God had asked him to do. Those small things that no one else could see. He kept doing that. And then the downpour came. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. Would you stand in honor of God's word, Will and Church? And I want to welcome all you guys worshiping with us at our satellite campuses. Everyone worshiping with us through our online, our broadcast ministry. I know some of you are coming from the other side of the world to join us today. And many in our area, from all over the world, the important thing is during this time to stay connected. And don't give up that habit of staying connected. And so I'm so glad that you are. From the woodlands to the world, we're one church. And we're built on the word of God because it's the only thing that can change your life. So I want you to look at it with me. Because there had been a time of drought in the land of Israel for three and a half years. And then this happens. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there's the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told the servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Dear God, I know that I hear the sound of a heavy rain, of your blessing getting ready to fall. And Lord, I just pray that you would bring that rain into each of our lives. Lord, I know there's so many walking through the valley of drought right now, and it feels like those little things don't make much difference, but Lord, I know they're building up and they're building up and they're building up and we're getting ready for a huge breakthrough. And so Lord, I just pray right now for all those who are hurting, all those who are feeling hopeless, you just fill them with hope today, that you would just show us, Lord, not to overlook the small things, but as we kick off this new year, that we would never despise this day of small things because you're up to something bigger and greater than we could ever imagine. And so, Lord, I thank you for the power in those small habits. I pray in this series as we kick it off that you would just give us your wisdom to do the small things that are so important that are gonna bring powerful change in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Now, this passage starts out with Elijah telling wicked King Ahab, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. But it hadn't rained in Israel in three and a half years. They've been going through this terrible drought. And so wicked King Ahab, who's one of the reasons why they were going through this drought that God had allowed, wicked King Ahab looks up at the clear sky on this burning hot summer day, and he looks up and He says, I don't see anything. Um, But we have Elijah, who he hears the sound of rolling thunder even before the rain falls. He smells the rain. Why? Because he was looking at it through spiritual eyes. He had spiritual ears. And he could see because he knew that he'd been doing all those small things those little things that were building up and building up and building up and building up and building up, and he knew breakthrough was just about to happen. I want you to see three simple points today that I think are life-changing 
that we get from this passage about how do you make it from drought to downpour? How do you get through the give up gap until you see this explosive change in your life? First, decide what will be the center of your life. You gotta make the big decision, the one big decision, then all the other decisions get a lot easier. You make the one big decision. Who will you follow? Who or what will be the center of your life because you were made to have a life center and you're gonna put something at the center of your life. It may be pleasure, it may be things, it may be safety, it may be comfort. You're gonna have something at the center of your life. It may be just self at the center of your life. You're gonna put something at the center of your life. And if it's anything other than God, you're not gonna have a center strong enough to hold you together, a core that really holds you together when everything's spinning out of control. And so you gotta make the first decision. What's gonna be your heart's purpose? Your habits come from your heart, so you gotta decide and purpose in your heart that God's got to be first. You gotta decide who or what will be the center of your life, and once you decide that, then all the other decisions get a lot easier because every decision is made based on the center of your life. And that is, if the center of your life is pleasure, whenever you have a decision to make, you're gonna choose the option that's most pleasurable. If the center of your life and and your dominant life principle, your core principle in life, your heart's purpose is to be comfortable, then whenever you have a decision to make, you're gonna choose the thing that's most comfortable, the easy way. If your dominant life principle, your heart's purpose, the core of your life is safety, then, then in every decision, you're gonna choose the safest path. You see, if your dominant life principle, your heart's purpose, your core, your center of your life is to make the most money that you can, to accumulate things, then when you have a decision to make, you're gonna choose that which can make you the most money. And if any of those things, as okay as they are, if any of those things are the purpose of your life, if any of those things are your dominant life principle, your heart's purpose, they're not gonna be strong enough to hold you together when life tries to tear you apart. See, Elijah's purpose was to please God, to put him first. And that made all his little decisions and the habits that he had in his life a lot easier because he didn't do them because it was gonna produce a big rain. He did them because they came from his heart. His habits came from his heart. It was his heart's purpose. He he wanted to please God. He had purpose in his heart. He was gonna please God and follow God above anything else. He'd already made the one big decision. And then knowing God was gonna see him through the valley of drought, he just daily made the little decisions, whether he saw raindrops or not. He he made the little decisions, whether he saw results that day or not, because he knew God would see him through. And it wasn't about the results, it was just about pleasing God because that was his heart's purpose. It was about doing the things that he knew were right. In 1 Kings 18, 21, before God sends rain, This happens, Elijah challenged the people, how long are you gonna sit on the fence? If God is the real God, then follow him, but if it's Baal, follow him. Make up your minds. And nobody said a word. Nobody made a move. All the people gathered at Mount Carmel, and in that day, the people of Israel would worship God one day, the true living God, then they'd worship the idol of Baal, this idol of pleasure and perversion, one day. And they adopted the idols, of the people around them, and so they would worship the true living God one day, and then they'd mix some Baal worship with it, some idol worship, and, and they would kind of look at the end of the day to see how it went. You know, if they prayed to Baal and 
and you know, something good happened in their life, they go, man, that's pretty good, let's try that again, you know, and, and if it didn't, then they'd pray to God, and if they didn't see results after they prayed to the true living God and didn't get exactly what they wanted that day, they would go, well, let's try Baal again. And they were just on the fence, and Elijah said, get off the fence and make the decision because no wonder you're inconsistent in your daily habits because you haven't made the one big decision that changes everything. You gotta make the one big decision of your heart. What will be the center of your life? And then out of that, all the other decisions will come. If God is first, then you're gonna wanna do the things that God calls you to do, regardless if it rains that day or not. Regardless if God sends his blessings the way you think he should on that day or not, because you know God will see you through. And you know God will get you to the rain. So you make the one big decision. And I wanna say some of you are sitting on the fence. Elijah said, get off the fence, make up your mind. If God's real, then follow him. If he's not, then don't. And some of you have put God first in a couple of areas of your life, but he's not first in all the other areas of your life. The areas that are most important to you, he's not first place in your life. And some of you, you know, it's like kind of try God out here and do other things there. You live for God one day and you live for yourself the next day and God says, it's time. I demand to be first place in your life. It's time for you to put me at the center of your life. It's time for you to make the one big decision. There's no way you can be consistent in all the small decisions until you make the one big decision. The decision of the heart because habits come from the heart. Who's gonna be first? What's gonna be the core of your life? Well, Elijah put God first. He would spend time with God. That was his big daily habit, spending time with God. And so as he would daily spend time with God when no one else was around, when no one else could see, God told him this in 1 Kings 18.1. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. The reason Elijah knew it was going to rain is because he got a promise from God. The reason Elijah knew he was gonna make it through the valley of drought is because he trusted God's promise even when he didn't see raindrops because he had a daily habit of spending time with God. And he knew that God was gonna send the rain. And some of you are going through a valley of drought right now. You're going through a terrible drought in your life and you're wondering if God's rain of blessing is ever gonna fall on your life again. And all you've got is a promise of God that's all you need. All you need is a promise of God, and God gives us 7,000 promises in his word that if you just keep doing the daily things of obeying him, taking steps of faith, not one giant leap of faith, but daily little steps of faith to obey him, to follow him, to do those little things that are most important, whether anyone sees them or not, daily doing those little things, God says, I will see you through, and I will bring you through the drought and I will bring you to the downpour of my blessings, whether you see it or not right now. Some of you are going through a drought and you're about to give up, and I just wanna say to you, hold on to God's promise, cling to God's promise, because that's all you need, because when God says it, you can count on it. God's word is true. God is always faithful to his word, regardless of what you see in your circumstances, you cling to God's promise because he's still in control. It's not about the circumstances around you. 
It's about the center of your life. Everything can spin out of control, but if you have a core that's strong and solid in Jesus Christ, then your life won't spin out of control. Elijah knew it was gonna rain, and he held on to the promise of God, and he kept doing the things that God told him to do. So what is the center of your life? That's the big question, because your actions come from your belief system. Your habits will come out of your heart. And now, James Clear, who's done a lot of research on habits, says really they're like three circles, and the first outer circle is goals. And one of the big problems we have is we always have these goal-based habits, and we hardly ever reach them. That's New Year's resolutions, that kind of thing. Goal-based habits, and they're okay. It's like, you know, um, running a marathon or, or making straight A's in college this year or losing 50 pounds or whatever it may be. And so we have these long-range goals, and there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that even if you reach them, they're momentary because after you reach them, you got your goal, and then a lot of times we don't keep up doing the thing that's so important that we did to achieve that goal because we got that goal. And so it's fine to have a goal, but... What's much more important than the outer circle, the goals, is this second circle, our behaviors, or our systems, or our processes to bring about the results that we want. It's kind of like a a team having a goal to win the championship. That's great and fine, but if you don't do the day in and day out processes and behaviors that it takes to find that result, to become a championship team. Who cares if you have that goal? It would be better for you not to have that goal and do the things that create championships, the little things day in and day out that do that. And so when you have one big goal, I mean, it's hard to find fulfillment until you finally way down the road reach that goal, and that's why most of us don't stick to it. But when you're focused on the process, the behaviors, then it may be that I'm gonna work out three times a week for an hour, and I'm gonna not eat after 7 p.m., or I'm gonna cut out sugar or, or have a certain you know, calorie limit and keep up with it. That's the process, that's the behavior. And so after you know, a week, you're going, wow, I did everything that week, succeeded. Let's go again. And you can find that success quicker, but most importantly, it's those small daily habits that bring about the result that you want. It's better to focus on the behaviors than it is to focus on the goals. But then there's the inner circle, which is even more powerful than the behaviors or the processes, and that's identity. That's where it really comes from, to get through the valley of drought, to downpour, to not give up in the give up gap. You need your habits to come from your identity. Identity Identity-based habits or what you need, and it's so biblical because the Bible teaches that you will act like who you think you are, that our belief systems determine our behavior. It's so biblical because once we understand a little bit of our identity in Christ as Christ followers, and we begin to live from our true identity rather than from our flesh, and whatever our flesh craves and whatever our flesh wants, and we live more and more from our true identity, who we really are, who God has made us to be, that's where the biggest changes come from. Let me give you an example. I've got a friend who says, I always eat clean and I love 
physical exercise. And he's always been saying that, at least for the last few years. And I said, why do you do that? And he said, because that's who I really am. That's my true identity. Now my flesh craves eating a bunch of junk, you know? My flesh wants to eat a bunch of garbage, but my true self, I eat clean, and I love physical exercise. And this guy's in the best shape, and he eats amazing. And, and he said just over time, as I said the truth, I spoke in faith, and more and more, that's what I did. And I came up with the behaviors, the systems to do that, and, and I began to do that more and more because that's my true self, my flesh, yeah, my flesh just wants to lay on the couch and, and eat junk food. But that's not my true self. And so as we speak those things more and more, and then we do those things, it builds on who we really are. You speak it, then you do it, builds on it. It affirms it more and more. It'd be like if you're trying to quit smoking in 2021 and, and someone offers you a cigarette and you say, no thanks, I'm really trying to quit this year. Well, that's great and fine, but what if you said, no thanks, I'm not a smoker? You say, well, Carrie, well, that's kind of a lie. No, it's not, because that's who you really are. And, and you're speaking in faith, and yeah, you may mess up here and there, but it's like you keep speaking it in faith, and speaking it in faith, because that's your true identity, and so we focus in on who we really are in Christ. Goal-based habits focus on what I want to achieve. Identity-based habits focus on who I want to become. And that's what I want us all to focus on this year. Who I want to become and really who you really are in Christ, if you're a Christ follower. It's getting down to who you really are and start living from your true identity. That was the difference between Elijah and Ahab. In 1 Kings 18, 42, it says, so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. What a contrast between wicked King Ahab and Elijah. Both were experiencing the pain of drought, but the pain pushed Ahab into pleasure because that was his dominant life principle. And so when the going to get tough, he would go to pleasure. But the pain, the same pain, pushed Elijah to God pushed Elijah to prayer, one of his habits. Pushed Elijah to his knees to trust God. You see, Ahab tried to anesthetize the pain, which just made it more destructive and worse, but Elijah would take that same pain and bring it to God and go into his, one of his habits of prayer. Because your habits come from your heart. So I want you to see that it's so important to decide what's gonna be the center of your life. If you don't decide that, then nothing else really matters. But then secondly, don't dare despise small clouds. Don't despise small clouds. You make the one big decision who's gonna be the center of your life and then you start doing the small things that make the difference, whether it rains that day or not. You're not looking for the big thing each and every day. You're just gonna obey. You're gonna do the things that are most important. And Elijah started praying for God to fulfill his promise and he tells his servant, as I'm praying, you go out there and see. Look at the sky and see if anything's happening. And in 1 Kings 18, it says, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising up from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So on the seventh time, the servant comes back and he says, the only thing I can see in the sky is this little cloud. If you can call it a cloud, it's so small, it's about the size of a man's hand. 
But Elijah didn't despise small clouds, for he knew it was the small clouds that build up and build up and build up and build up and break loose. He'd been going through the valley of drought for three and a half years, and he'd been doing all those things, and he knew from God's promise that it was getting ready to break loose. He knew it. He could smell the rain, and he didn't despise small clouds. And so I say as we move into 2021, don't dare despise small clouds. When no one's watching, when no one can see, and you're doing the right thing, you're doing those daily habits that are so important that no one else can see, that you can't even see the change that it's making in you, but you just do it because you're obeying. You're following God, you're doing what he calls you to do, you're living from your true identity, and you do it every day, just, and some days you miss, and you ask for forgiveness, you get right back at it, and you do it again, do it again. And no one else can see. Just know those are small clouds that are the most powerful and they're building up. They're building up and they're building up and they're getting ready to break loose into a thunderstorm of God's blessing and exponential change in your life. Don't you dare despise small clouds. Small clouds are what God uses to bring about his greatest miracles. And so in this series that we're kicking off, We're gonna do something to really focus in on the most important habit. The habit that has changed my life the most, the habit that I believe is the most important thing. If you do nothing else, if you do this, then everything else starts to fall in place. And again, I really say, pray about it and get several small habits, maybe two or three that you're gonna do each day. Don't overload yourself, but do the most important ones. Something with your spiritual health, maybe something with your physical health your relational health, but, but don't get it overcomplicated. But I'm telling you, if you do nothing else, do this one, the habit of a daily time with God. And some of you are going, yeah, I know all about a daily time with God. I don't care what you know about a daily time with God. All I wanna know is, are you doing it daily? Don't dare despise small clouds. And if you despise small clouds, then you're gonna miss out on the big rain. Don't you dare despise small clouds. I'm telling you, this is the one that changes everything. A daily time, even if it's five minutes, every day with God. You may miss a day, but get right back at it. Ask the Lord to forgive you and go right at it again. A daily time with God. I'm not talking about once a week or once a month. I'm not about a daily time with God. I'm not talking about reading the whole Bible through. I'm talking about a daily time with God where you may read for five, 10 minutes, write some things down that God's teaching you. And some days you won't feel a thing. Other days it'll feel so powerful. But I'm telling you, it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and it brings rain, the rain of God's blessing in your life. And so we're gonna start something tomorrow called 50 Days of Prayer. For the next 50 days, Chris and I are gonna put video devotionals on all of our platforms, our social media platforms and the website and our video devotional. It's gonna be all about prayer and it's just gonna be 10 minute video And we're gonna take you through this, a little devotional together, and you can also read it on our blog, on our devotional site. You can read it as well. And what we recommend, get a notebook, pad of paper, and a pen. And every day, it's at 8 a.m. where we do it, and, but you can go and get it, it's recorded, and you can do it anytime during the day, you know, after 8 a.m. And so, every day, 8 a.m. on our social, all of our social media platforms, you can find it, and we're gonna be going through prayer. 
learning how to pray and, and seeking God because that's what we need. That's what you need more than anything this year is a daily time with God and learning how to pray. We need prayer for this nation. We need prayer for people around us, for the hurting. We need, that's what we need more than anything else. And so we're gonna do 50 days of prayer and I'm telling you, it's gonna rain in your life. God's blessing. There's gonna be some pain. There'll be some difficulty. Just because it's 2021 doesn't mean the pain's gone. None of us know what's gonna happen next. We don't know, but we know this. Rain's gonna fall when we pray. And so tomorrow morning it starts. 50 days of prayer. In James 5, 16, the New Testament talks about Elijah. Did you know that? It says the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah for instance, human just like us prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. So in case you thought uh, God answered Elijah's prayers because he was some superhero, it says here he was human, ordinary, just like us, and yet he did the small daily things, and he didn't despise small clouds, and he prayed. He believed God, prayed, believed God. He obeyed. No matter if he saw the rain or not, he would obey because he knew the rain was coming and God answered his prayers. And so we're gonna pray. And I hope you'll get a little journal, something to write with. And you'll go on this journey with us as we learn to pray and as we learn to spend time with God each and every day. And so we decide what's gonna be the center of our lives. Don't dare despise small clouds. And the third thing is don't give up before the downpour. Don't you dare give up before the downpour. In 1 Kings 18, 42, it says, Elijah told his servant, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. So Elijah didn't give up in the valley of drought. I mean, what if after the first time that he prayed and said, hey, go look and see what's happening in the sky, and his servant came back and said, nothing at all? What if after that first time, Elijah would have said, well, I prayed, I guess I'll just leave it to God now because I prayed and you know, I guess God didn't answer my prayer, so I guess that's that. What if he would have quit after that first time? But he didn't quit, he just went back to praying. And then the second time, the servant came back and says, nope, no answer to prayer. What if he would have quit after the second time? What if he would have said, okay, no big deal then, I tried. God didn't want to answer that one. God didn't come through. And what if after the third time he quit? But what happened was after the second time, he didn't quit. He just got back on his knees and prayed some more. And then when he didn't see any results, what happened after the third time? He just got back on his knees and prayed again. And then when he didn't see any results after the fourth time, what did he do? He didn't give up. He just prayed again. And after the fifth time, when there was no answer, what did he do? He just prayed again. And the sixth time, there was no answer, no results, no rain. What did he do? He didn't give up. He just got on his knees and he prayed again. I mean, think about this. What if Elijah would have quit after six times? I prayed six times. No, he didn't quit praying until he saw the rain. He didn't quit praying until he saw that small cloud and knew it was gonna build up and build up and build up and build up and boom. Don't give up just before the downpour. Don't give up just before the downpour because some of you, you've been praying, you've been doing that little habit 
Maybe it's putting God first in your finances. Maybe it's putting God first and having a daily time with God. And maybe it's that exercise, eating right, whatever it is, been doing that daily thing that you know is right and you haven't seen any results yet. Don't you dare give up before the downpour. I mean, what if Elijah would have given up after the sixth time? He wouldn't have seen the downpour. God says, you pray until I send the rain because it's coming. It's just building up and it's building up and it's building up and it's building up. Don't give up. Don't give up just before the downpour. You see, you go to the valley of drought to experience the ocean of God's blessing. I mean, why does God allow us to go through this process anyway? To go through droughts in our lives where we do the right thing, but there's still a drought? Why does God allow us to go through this process? To build our faith and to prepare us for rain. He's bringing you through the pain to prepare you for the rain because he knows that if it wasn't for the pain that I've gone through, I wouldn't be prepared to catch the rain. It's always the pain that prepares me for the rain. And the greater the pain, the greater the rain. The deeper the valley of drought, that just means there's more to catch the oceans of God's blessing with. The bigger the wave, it comes from the longer wait. The longer you have to wait for God and you're waiting and you're waiting, you can expect a bigger wave because the greater the pain, the greater the rain. Don't you dare give up just before the downpour. And some of you are about to give up today and it's just about to rain big time in your life. Get back to doing those small things, trusting God, putting God first. And he'll give you some spiritual ears. You'll hear the rolling thunder before it happens. You won't despise small clouds and you'll start smelling the rain before it begins to fall when it looks like it's a clear sky. God's gonna bring the rain. I mean, God takes us through the pain to prepare us for the rain. Don't you tell me that God took me through all the pain of 2020 so that there's no rain in 2021. I don't believe that. There's gonna be pain, there's gonna be difficulty, there's gonna be stresses, there's gonna be problems, but there's gonna be rain, and it's getting ready to come down. God didn't take you through all the pain to not bring rain in your life. The greater the pain, the greater the rain, but you don't give up just before the downpour, and some of you are about to give up. No, God's gonna bring you through the valley of drought, but he only brings us through with his power. I have to be honest with you. There's no way you're gonna make it to the valley of drought without the power of God. You, you can't do it with willpower. You need his power. You know, I started out by talking about Zechariah and don't despise that day of small things. Let's end with Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. God takes us through the valley of drought to learn to depend upon his power rather than our own strength. You see, when you come to that place where you have no strength to go on, that's where God can give you his strength to make it through. You see, God brings us through the pain to prepare us for rain, and he brings us through the pain to turn us to his power so we experience his power in our lives. It's not by your willpower, but it's by his power, his spirit living in you if you're a Christ follower. He will give you the power to make it through. 
When I come to the end of myself, that's when I find power. When I come to the end of myself, that's when I really truly find my true self in Christ's power with his spirit. I want us to bow our heads right now because I hear the sound of a heavy rain coming. And I'm not talking about the rain that's starting to fall outside, the physical rain. I'm talking about the spiritual rain of God's blessing and God's power upon your life. I hear the sound of rolling thunder. I hear the sound of raindrops beginning to fall. I hear the sound of a great rain that's coming. And I smell the rain already. So don't dare give up before the downpour. That rain is getting ready to break out and you're getting ready to break through with God's power, but it's only his power. And if you're right there at that place where you feel like giving up, where you can't go on, where you have no strength left, that's okay, that's a great place to be. Just give up to God and let him fill you with his Holy Spirit and take you to places you never dreamed you could go with his power for his glory. But I wanna go back to that question. Who or what is at the center of your life right now? That's the big question. Get that big decision settled right now by putting God first. As we move into this new year, first things first, put God first. Let's pray together. Dear God, we come before you, and I just pray right now for everyone walking through the valley of drought that you would just let them know the downpour is coming. And Lord, we can't shortcut the valley of drought. We just have to walk through it. So just give us your power to do that. And then, Lord, I pray for those who have never made the decision to put you first, that they would get that settled right now, and they would just say, Jesus Christ, you are Lord. I want you to be my Lord. I've put so many things at the center of my life that never satisfy, so I want you to be the center of my life as best as I know how. I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of all my sins, and I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. I wanna follow you from now on. Help me grow in my faith this year by doing the small things that make all the difference. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray to receive Christ, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. And you're saying, God, you're gonna be at the center of my life. Now you need to grow in Christ. And I'm telling you three huge habits. Number one, spend time with God every day. A habit of a daily time with God, even if it's five minutes. Get started tomorrow. A daily habit with God. And then secondly, get connected in a life group. Be here at church or Connect online and make sure weekly you're here through this series and church is a priority and then connecting to life group is a priority. Meeting with fellow believers and fellowship and enjoying each other. And then the third thing is putting God first in your finances. The habit of a weekly tithe. Put God first. It'll change your life forever. Those three spiritual habits. And so we're at our time where we give. And as you give, you know, we give now through our smartphones since we don't pass the offering basket to be as safe as possible. So if you're one of our campuses, take out your smartphone right now and you can go to the Woodland Church app and you can give there. You can go online, wc.org slash give and give there. You can do that at home on your computer or you can just text the word give WC, give WC together as one word to 77977. Or you can give on your way out in one of the boxes on your way out, grab one of the pink envelopes or write a check, put it in, or just 
you know, put the check in the box there, but most people don't even have checkbooks anymore, so we give through our smartphones, and I just challenge every one of you, put God first in the new year. Get started right, putting God first in these small things that make all the difference. The downpour is on the way, and I'm so grateful that as we put God first, and we're gonna step out in faith and expand ministries, there's so many people hurting, so many people going through pain and difficulties, and, and we're going to be a light to the hopeless in our over 100 ministries and missions, stepping out in faith, following God with our whole hearts as a church this year, believing God for his downpour of his blessings in our lives. Let's pray and ask him to bless our offering. Lord, bless our giving. We give ourselves to you first and foremost, and Lord, we give because we love you. We give because you are the ultimate giver, and we give because we know that you're gonna meet our needs, and we trust you with such an important area of our lives. I pray you'd multiply the gifts in all of our ministries and missions that you would just use them powerfully for your glory. And I'm so excited about starting off our 50 days of prayer, Lord, tomorrow to kick it off. I pray that you'd just remind everyone to tune in, to join, and we'll do this together, Lord, learning how to pray and to see the rain come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand, Woodland Church? And I want us to sing because we have a God who always comes through and we sing and we praise him and we thank him, whether it rains or not, because we know he's gonna come through, but that rain is getting ready to fall. Better get out your umbrella when God says it's gonna rain. You better get out your umbrella and get ready. It's gonna rain. The rain of God's blessings is getting ready to come down. I hear the thunder rolling right now. Let's pray, let's sing. Let's just declare to him that he is God. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.